I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hey, Mim. Hiya. Welcome back, guys, to Style Over Substance. How are you doing this week, Mim? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm not bad. Um, I, I really need to make some food. I have been putting this off for like two days. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> what, like for the week or? For like the weekend. I just, I need to cook something. The only thing I ate was I bought food and now I'm just like... Now I'm eating olives and it's just struggle over here. <laughs> what about you? How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Um, I'm quite the opposite. I've been cooking up a storm, um, taking a bit of a dishoom feast over to my parents later. Oh. Um, I've gone a bit overboard. I've done like a thousand dishes. Um, oh my God, that's so, amazing. Yeah. So I've been cooking up a storm, looking at my kitchen, and there's lots of washing up to do. Oh, yeah, same. I think that's the reason why I haven't cooked, <laughs> because I mm-hmm. have washing up to do. Yeah. So it, it never takes as long as you think, but it's just yeah. the thought of it that's just like, uh, but Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. Um, what is your fashion story this week? So mine is... Um, Vogue has come out with like a list of what our spring summer trends will be and I thought we could go through them quickly can Um, I dare to guess that there's florals (laughs) florals for spring groundbreaking um no there aren't on this list oh (laughs) but I, I mean having said that like half of them are like generic obvious yeah obvious generic options for spring summer so you might be able to guess some of those other ones but I thought I'll pin out some of the ones I've seen already online Mm -hmm. and see if you can kind of see them spring up in your life as well yeah okay so one is those stringy floss straps that crisscross around the body have you seen and like around the arm and stuff very stringy Oh, I've seen it sort of more like on swimwear and stuff like that. Those sorts of swimsuits that like, you know, aren't going to give you the best tan line. Yeah, exactly. And then, so actually another one, well, it's not a trend, but it was mentioned that um, a lot of people have been taking to wearing their like bikini bras upside down. Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen stuff like that, but like people have got so inventive with how to tie their bikinis. Yeah. That it's, yeah. It's yeah. It's mind yeah I know um so that was one and then wide leg trousers Mm -hmm. and I'm all over that I love uh like a tailored option or a wide leg denim jeans option I love it yeah 
So I feel like I've seen a lot of that around the place. Um, also, that kind of reminds me, like the wide leg denim trousers remind me of when we were like younger and like how the grunge, like gothic scene was. And they used to like drag the floor and absorb all the water. Yeah. And then you like, they used to pair them with like those really big, big bulky boots. Yeah. They were like, they weren't vans. What brand were they? It was, was a vagabond. Oh, something like that. It was like, it was a Doc Martin. But they were like moon boots, yeah, but like yeah, sort yeah. of leathery. And then it had like um, silver metal bits, like either like Lots buckles, of, like, buckles or glasses. Yeah, yeah. Oh. love it. <laughs> it's not coming back in that version, but it no, is coming back. Um, then we've got a lot of cutout pieces, like cutout mm. dresses, cutout tops. Um, I feel a lot of these trends on this list is just not for British weather. But it's for like those who live in California. Yeah. Um, and then another one that surprised me because I haven't really seen it around is like disco sequins. And they call it like they had a specific phrase for it. I can't remember it now, but it was like sequins on very normal wear. So you could just like wear it on a normal day-to-day Love basis. That. I'm a mm. bit I, I've said it before, I think, on the podcast. I don't think that sequins are worn enough. I think they could be way more of like a day-to-day thing, like worn like correctly. I just love a sequin. Yeah. Love it. Um, Yeah, I see that. I think also like I've definitely seen on like ASOS and stuff like that where like they've taken like a jogger Mm -hmm. and made it like a sequin thing. So it's sort of like a button-up shirt with like sort of jogger-shaped trousers Mm. all sequin. Mm -hmm. And I think they are starting to like, yeah, add sequins to stuff that's not just like a going-out dress. Yeah, yeah. I think I've... I don't know if that's trickled down from or if it's just influenced by, but Bottega Veneta has these like really... If you go on their website, they've got these long dresses and as you said, like really loose-fitted shirts, but they're like completely Mm. sequined out. Very expensive. Yeah. But um, I think it might be a a trickle-down trend from that. Um, And then lastly, negating all the kind of regular, regular trends that we see every year, um, is capes and capped shoulders, like bolero-type things. Really? Mm. You don't seem too keen. (laughs) I just don't think, like, I'm not the biggest fan of a poncho. You know, like there was a while where like the trend was sort of like girls would wear like Primark leggings with like a Mm. big poncho. And I'm just so... mm. Wow. That is is 2000s fashion right there. Some of these younger girls don't know how bad it got. (laughs) I I mean, I think capes and stuff like that, if they're sort of made out of like a heavy duty fabric, like a wool, Mm. can be really chic. But I would say that's more winter than like the way I think they look nicest. But... Mm. And also, I was very much a victim of, do you remember those cardigans that were literally like little boleros? They would be like crochet (laughs) and like they did nothing, but you'd wear them with like a tank. Oh, like a camisole. I'm just, yeah, I'm getting flashbacks of just how we used to dress, what I used to dress. Yeah, no, 100%. I think (laughs) I probably had a poncho from Primark as well. But this one, the, the options that I saw that demonstrated this trend were they were quite nice okay. they were like um a loose fitting fabric kind of a a cotton or a silky kind of fabric and it's just like a cropped bolero like round the shoulders 
like you've got a dress underneath and like yeah. in the same fabric you've got that right. little kind of shoulder moment um I don't like the cropped thing but I do love a big cape like a longer version or a cape sleeve type thing I think those can be cool but not an everyday thing I'm going to see on the high street anytime soon I don't think no that's true yeah so that's my fashion story what is your fashion story so it's everywhere that there's a friends reunion coming next week and it sort of just reminded me of like as we were just talking about sort of 90s fashion, noughties fashion, and like less so I'm talking now for how we dress as children. Um, but like the the fashion that was on Friends is something like when I catch old episodes that like has really come back around again, like that sort of darker nude, ready sort of like lipsticks, like that sort of 90s, like the mini dresses, the fitted stuff, um, like all of like the trends that you see the girls wearing in particular is just like it all comes back around mm-hmm, and yeah. at, especially at the moment like it's all quite cool and just sort of the the fit of the jeans and all of that stuff has just come back around and I th- so yeah I think when I think of 90s fashion it's very like minimalist lines mm. it's very like clean I just think lines Calvin Klein yeah like, it's nothing too f- like frilly or frivolous Mm. or you know um really simple shapes very effortless chic yeah and then as you said like the makeup kind of reflected that it was like trying to look natural trying to look like you're not wearing makeup Mm. which that it was far more popular back then and I think now we've tried to imitate it but in a more like luxe expensive more glamorized version yeah um yeah so yeah, I think this might be a bit off topic, but I remember um, reading things about how when we have like economic downturns, things become simplified in fashion. When we come really? out of them, we have like maximalist moments and things like that. Um, but within them, I think it's the idea of like logomania is a bit like a faux pas, you mm. know? Um, and during the lockdowns the initial ones and the initial kind of um uh, yeah lockdowns and pandemic we saw a lot of criticism of being ostentatious online and people getting criticized for being a bit too glam and a bit too like out there with their money and I don't know if it has anything to do with that this like complete revival and appreciation for like 90s nostalgia I don't know but it's just interesting to think of it in in that way yeah and actually I think what you said is is pretty on the like on the head of like when everything turned quite sour Mm -hmm. we all reverted to elasticated clothing Mm -hmm. simplicity Mm -hmm. like no makeup for like days type of existence yeah I mean we just we you talked know, about cottage core, didn't we? Like cottage yeah. and all of that. And 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 now but like kind of to my fashion story, a lot of the things on this list, the things that I didn't mention was like netting and stripes and wearing hoodies with pleated skirts. It's lot it's a lot fussier. These like lots of straps and um like 
disco sequins and stuff I think it's that sentiment of like us emerging out from as you call it like a sour period Mm. into something that's a bit more like out there um yeah for sure for sure right oh We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod, shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter, we've got all the links on our Instagram, you know what to do. Well, this week we are discussing a topic that I think maybe a few people have recommended, mm-hmm. but is also ever topical, that are fashion magazines still relevant? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this topic comes around every few years, um, especially in the last 20 years when digital media has just been the dominant media like and it's come in different forms with different apps and different websites and things and it's like slowly pushed out print media and every every so often we have this discussion about is print media and magazines still relevant and and then they try to like switch it up you know these like magazine houses try to switch up their format or switch up how many times they publish or what they do and who they have on the cover and and in a way to stay relevant or to stay ahead of the curve and I feel like yeah I think over the past year when we've seen so much change I think it's relevant to like discuss it again Mm. and actually I wouldn't mind betting that this last year has probably been quite good for print media Mm, we've had more time to sit at home yeah I would have like I didn't buy any magazines but I would have been maybe more inclined to buy one because I was going to sit at home like the amount of times um one of my old workplaces used to like have all the magazines like free yeah that you could like pick up and I used to always sort of pick them up and be like yeah I'll read that did I ever no didn't have the time (laughs) and like that wasn't really what I was ever gonna do but I think you know it's the first time that maybe we've slowed down and could have enjoyed some issues a a little bit more Mm. but then also touching on your point of like you know switching up who they have on the cover it's sort of in the last five years, particularly for Vogue, mm-hmm. that they've turned more celebrity on their approach. So like Vogue is notoriously what a model wants to land on the cover of, you know, that is the elite of magazine covers is yep. the pinnacle for any model. They know how many Vogue covers they've done type of a thing. It's like a musician getting a number one single. Um But like with Billie Eilish being on the front, Harry Styles, there's probably been like, I'm sure Rihanna has, Mm -hmm. like um, Kim Kardashian and Kanye, Mm. you know, like it's way more pop culture than ever before. And I wouldn't mind betting that that is a drive for sales. Mm, Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but I do want to start off asking you, when was the last time you bought a magazine? 
<laughs> Other than at an airport, which obviously we all haven't been to for a while, that's maybe the most. But now I'm more of a book person anyway to buy at an airport. Mm. <sighs> okay, so it's been a while. It's it's been a really long time. I did used to have a Vogue subscription when I was younger, but I'm talking like when I was 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that as well. Um, <laughs> Other than that, I don't I don't know if I could tell you. Yeah. Yeah, same. I can't remember, to be honest. And um, it kind of takes me on to my first point. Because you know how we were talking about... Um, Oh, it was about, it was about Gucci. Mm. And we said that we think, oh, it was with Gucci Fest. And we were saying that Gucci is moving into this more content media company or brand, Mm. as opposed to strictly just a fashion one. And so um, Gucci has actually partnered up with a content agency and they're bringing out a magazine called Perfect. And this was kind of announced in March. And I think that that kind of demonstrates their ambitions to like move more into this media sphere Mm -hmm. as a way to like push their overall brand. And um, so this, in reading up about this kind of project, it's um, more of a coffee table type book Mm. and it's retailing for £35. And the first issue is like... How many do they do a year? So this is the thing. It's not like as um as timed as like every month or every few weeks Mm. or something like we see with id magazine it's like i don't know how sparingly their prints will be to be honest yeah i think that's a key point about it so it's uh, the first issue is like music focused and it comes with this like vinyl and it's like the whole theme is quite music focused but obviously incorporates fashion so you have gucci you have like emporio armani and dior or with like separate features like fashion features and whatnot um and it's going to be sold at like dover street market which is like the ultimate Mm -hmm. store for like cool kids and i think the idea is that we might see more of these magazines being published less frequently than what we've seen in the past but they're thicker and they're like more coffee table books because i mean we all know everyone and their cat has a Tom Ford fashion book, you know, for the aesthetics. And yeah, there, yeah, there are people who literally buy books to never open because they look cool. Yeah. 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 And I have some other fashion books um, that are like, I mean, they're, they're sold everywhere and they're like big and they're chunky and they have like loads of pictures from like runways mm. of the past, like, 40 years let's say and I've seen other people with the same books that I have and they're they're a look they're a flex or um they're an archival they're deemed deemed as like attractive for your bookcase or your coffee table yeah and I yeah I think that magazines especially the ones that are trying to be the coolest are going to move into that idea Mm. of less frequent more expensive and I I don't know about you but I'm more likely to buy something like that than yeah. I am something that's going to come out once a month. That's and it's churned out every month. Five pound and it will come Same out. format every time, yeah. essentially. Yeah. No, that's true. And also I think then that like paves the way for each each edition to be really special. 
mm-hmm. um, have different focuses and stuff like that. Um, and also, like, it could be way more topical. And I don't know, I think I think that the magazine sphere has got a real amount of depth that it could change and transition into. Um, but, yeah, we are seeing people sort of more gravitate towards, I guess, obviously there's online stuff, but like they're still reluctant to remove print publication full stop because it's the purest form. But there has been a significant decline in sales of stuff like that. So in the US, they used to make $46 billion in magazine sales in 2007. Mm. And then in 2019, that was halved. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's the idea of why pay for something when I can get it for free online. And also you've got, you could also, I'm sure, I actually don't know, but I'm sure Vogue's probably got an online subscription. Yeah, yeah. For your iPad or your phone. It's a bit like, you know, you can get the Times online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can have a subscription to different newspapers and things like that. But also we get a lot of content for free now a lot of content mm-hmm. um so then like why would you and also with with the way that the internet is there's almost sort of this leak culture mm. as in you know like say there was oh I want to read that Billie Eilish article from Vogue I'm sure someone's posted it yeah like I'm sure I could find it online if that's yeah. like the the pinnacle that you would buy the magazine for or pay the subscription for, I'm sure someone's put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's sort of this real difficulty of trying to like even use those tactics to push things. I think it's more for sort of the diehard admirers. Mm. Um, But also this isn't just for fashion. This is for like, this is particularly the case for a lot of like, gossip magazines that also like do fashion as well so like on uh, I've saw an article that the BBC was talking about magazine culture mm-hmm. and magazines like look now closer heat grazia yeah which is sort of half gossip half sort of fashiony like mm. well they've got some fashion pages um all have gone down significantly okay and actually the magazines that people are buying into more physically are more like topical things like the pro like the spectator private eye the economist mm-hmm. prospect mm-hmm. and they were sort of implying that that's a sign of the times that having had you know like quite heavy political years with brexit then obviously with stuff to do with um covid but just you know it's been quite a politically heavy with trump in power mm-hmm. i think it's people wanting to um equip themselves with information and also we are seeing the removal of like fickle stories yeah i think yeah that's a really good point you've touched on i think daily mail is probably stronger than ever <laughs> and they're like full but of fickle like their stories. content is also the worst it's ever been like as someone who does go on the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. I avidly followed it in school and I would live for what they posted because mm-hmm. Instagram and things like that weren't so big. So yeah. you did get your news broke broken to you there. Whereas now they see someone post something, like say Hilary Duff is like posting something on her Instagram. They're like, Hilary Duff did this with her kids today. And it's like, 
well yeah I follow her on Instagram I know it's like that kind of a thing yeah, it's yeah. way less interesting yeah but, on the on the other side when you were talking about things becoming more political I think 100% that's the case we've seen like um at a lot of magazine publications particularly with fashion this like attempt to change the guards of who's who's in the c-suite who's like the director of this and mm-hmm. that and the third and trying to change the overall magazine culture because in in recent years we've seen magazines are forced to embrace a more political stance on things as you said For with sure. trump in america and here with brexit and everything else um and also last summer with black lives matter marches mm. and a lot of the public and employees who work for these magazines have come out and criticised the the work culture at these magazines, the elitism, the discrimination and things. I mean, we all knew that Vogue was elitist. That's the whole point of Vogue, isn't it? Yeah. But, you sort know. Of how as, it started. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like the employee culture and how you're treated if you work within these companies. So they have been forced to be like, Oh yeah, we're going to be more diverse. Yeah, we're going to be more inclusive. We're going to be this, that, and the other. We're gonna we're gonna hire some um some people of color to be our diversity officer and whatnot. And they've they've been forced to make really public statements about their views politically. Mm-hmm. I think, and so yeah, I think definitely they've had to change their their content. But I don't know. For me, with all of that, like attempts to politically change or to have like different people at the helm of these magazines um it still doesn't encourage me to buy the actual magazine I'm like oh yeah cool story bro and then I just like continue to not buy them I don't think that alone has incentivized me to go out and buy any mag and this is coming from someone who I used to buy magazines Mm -hmm. like every week or something and I used to love them obviously this was when I was a a child and as you said when we were teenagers Instagram wasn't a thing it was only really when we went to uni um yeah I I so it's not that I don't inherently like magazines I just still don't think that that makes them any more relevant nowadays I think for me as well what I buy Vogue for is really to look at the fashion spreads yeah. I'm not the biggest reader of the articles yeah. on like someone who lost their dog. Not that Vogue does that, but like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not really there for like half of the articles. I'm probably there for like the main articles. I'm there to look at the fashion shoots and like that's kind of it. And once you sort of realise that, you're not really reading half of the magazine or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It That's sort of, I think, what deters me. And actually, I don't even think there's anything they could do, even if every article, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. If she was on the cover and there was an article about baking, which I love, there's an article about, like, knitwear, there's an article about Chanel. Mm. Would I buy that? Still probably not, even if every article was, like, the perfect thing for me. Yeah, Um, I I think for me, in that regard, it's that, they could probably change up what they write about but I just maybe haven't given them the chance yeah. to actually read and see how it has actually changed mm. I don't know but um those sorts of things haven't really encouraged me to go out and buy magazines but I was reading up about um Harper's Bazaar I think they've got a new um a new editor and her name's uh Samira Na- um, Nasir 
And one thing she said that I read was actually really interesting to me. And I thought, wow, this is actually a good, like, cultural change in a sense that she goes, "Um, I don't believe that our role is to suggest women reinvent their wardrobes every season, but instead Mm. to, like, build them and to wear what you invest in. And I thought, that I think is really interesting because it's like sometimes magazines can just be about oh we're just trying to sell you sell you sell you sell you something as opposed to these really high fashion magazines talking about how to actually like take care of your stuff and how to actually love your stuff and like not necessarily buy into trends but it's a whole like mental shift in how you go about appreciating fashion and I thought like for me anyway that is a more interesting approach Mm. to these magazines because to be honest like I could see um you know like Megan Thee Stallion she was on like Harper's Bazaar cover and I like her but I follow her on Instagram so me seeing more pictures of her in a magazine doesn't really do anything for my when life. When she'll post I, them all eventually herself. She'll post them on her Instagram and I'll be like, oh, nice cover. And yeah. that's it. I think that doesn't really make any difference to me. And I mean, it's all good and well and changing and having a more diverse, like, you know, team, I think is excellent. But if you're going to write about the same things as you always do from the same sort of approach, mm. then it's like, mm, I'm still not going to buy it. And I think also another problem for me with like Vogue's and what I will say that I I follow Vogue Portugal on Instagram and I think their visual content is a lot better than like the British really? and the American because like let's I face don't it think they're just like strong at all yeah yeah they're just like celebrities and nice dresses. Mm. And you're like, okay. I, I actually follow you for like some editorial like high mm. like high thinking out of the box like I don't know you know Zara's website is weirder than your magazine you know yeah. <laughs> like and I don't want to see a model sitting on an oven but if I that's would, all I can get that I'll take it <laughs> yeah I think yeah I think and also you know it's not just for fashion like there's beauty in that too like you know I want to see like someone do an incredible makeup or like someone like do this hairstyle where you're like that's and like you know it's everything it's the styling of the shoot it's like Mm. it's the backdrop it's everything that could be so elevated and at times it is but I also think is is the money going into it less I don't know Mm. and actually what you touched on about obviously fashion magazines are ultimately like you said to sell clothing and basically assist and aid and tell people sort of what the trends are and basically yeah it's sort of to tell you what maybe we should invest in. And actually a big thing that people think is a contributing factor to magazines declining Mm -hmm. is that, like you said, A, like, I mean, I don't buy a Vogue for anything, but like I can't afford afford the clothes of Vogue. So like, it's not there to tell me what I'm buying. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. there to admire things. And if you can afford the clothes in Vogue, that's not where you're getting your style inspo from. You're getting it from your peer group. You're getting it from going into the stores directly. And even if we like strip it down to less expensive luxury magazines, again, how many people do you know buy something because they see it in a magazine? 
our biggest contributors to what we buy are probably Instagram ads, people on Instagram, maybe like your peer group, but I wouldn't say many people would flick through a magazine now and choose to buy something from it. Yeah, that's an excellent point when you said that you're, you know, those who can afford the things that are in vogue are more influenced by their peer group and what mm. they see in their peer group than what a magazine has. And I think that that's, that's really insightful because the reason why Instagram is so popular in getting us and so like um, good at getting us to buy stuff or buy into trends is because the people we follow, we feel are our peer group or our aspiring peer group. I want to be like these girls or these guys or these people. (laughs) And so you, and you're like, oh my God, I see this Bottega clutch everywhere. I cannot escape it. It's that repetition, isn't it? Mm. And that association with certain types of people that you start wanting to buy into that. And I think that that's essentially it, to be honest, that yeah, you're going to, wealthy people also, they're going to call up their essay and they're going to be like, what's, yeah. what's new? What can I pre-order? All the, yeah, they've got a stylist that helps them put to get like, you know, it's... <sighs> yeah. But I think that that's, it comes on to another point that I have. And it's um, the direct kind of link between buying things because you've seen them from a magazine. And we've seen like net porte they have Porter magazine. Mm. And theirs is directly made for that purpose. It's like you can essentially shop the website. And it's really like, I will say net is really good at that sort of thing. Everything oh, for sure. focused on making it really easy for you to buy whatever you see on their platforms and in their media. Mm. Um, and I think that is that is good and it's really well done in a way but um do you know a, a website and account called high snobriety it's like for hype beasts and like if you're into sneakers and stuff it's it's massive um and they've got like massive uh massive uh base and like millions of followers and stuff like that and they're coming out with their own magazine. At a time when I thought magazines were kind of dying, we do still see examples of new va- magazines coming out. Mm. But theirs is called High Style. And theirs is like an attempt to appeal to the nostalgic segment of Gen Z who are like collecting magazines the way that we like we used mm. to buy vinyls. Because we were like, we grew up in the age of CDs. And so buying yeah. vinyls were cool. And so their magazine because they are essentially um an online they've got website and instagram accounts and things like that and that's the way that they publish content Mm. so to come out with a print magazine they're basically saying we're doing this to appeal to the nostalgia of gen z who never grew up buying into magazines but they now want to start collecting them and i thought that that was really cool and also what they said is that it's really digitally incorporated, but not in the way that like Porter is. Porter is all about, you can buy everything in our magazine. Theirs is like talking about trends that are springing up online and on like TikTok and whatnot. But also like, how is this going to look on Instagram? Their focus is like, how is our magazine going to wow. look on Instagram beyond anything else and I thought wow that's like next level that's not like and also another thing you can't they're not particularly focused on whether 
you can buy everything in their magazine. So it's not yeah. like Porter in that, like everything is shoppable. Theirs is like, we are just going to make content that appeals to this like digital generation who mm. don't know anything beyond Instagram. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's so interesting. And actually like, I guess that's also a big thing is, you know, even to me who's, not significantly old that seems mental to factor in like Instagram into your business model for something that's you know uh, an online magazine or online thing but also then obviously having a physical copy but like I guess that's sort of where a lot of these magazines like unless they want to shift that way which like they're not going to want to like I feel fuddy-duddy about like that so how are they going to feel that they've got this they've got this longevity and of course they'll still have this older readership but at some point that's going to disappear and they are going to have to transition into these mm. more bite-sized things and i'm sure as well this magazine high style is very more, like much aware of um article length and things like that and actually yeah where I work we've just redone the website and now every article we post comes with base an average of how long it will take you to read it because we don't have time anymore of course we do we've always had the same amount of time but Mm -hmm. like even for me my auntie bless her like she'll send me some videos like some comedy videos if it's more than like if it's more than 30 seconds (laughs) I like only watch the first 20 seconds I will not watch like a two minute video. Like unless it's like a YouTube video of people talking and I care about what they're saying. Like if it can't get to the point within a certain amount of time, we're done. Yeah. You know, like that's what TikTok is successful for. Yeah. Like you could watch an hour of TikTok, but every video has been like seven seconds or like, you know, that kind of a thing that I also think that that's, you know, that's the direction we're moving in that if we need these small snippets and I'm sure that's where high style has really probably like assessed our attention span, you know, it's got shorter and shorter for things like that. So that's really interesting to really take into account Gen Z. And I guess they'll like you, we have to just adapt to like what that they're, they're at some point, the future of this country. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another thing about magazines that we have recently seen, I don't, well, it's not happening now. Um, but when we were all kind of talking at the last time about if magazines will survive and this, that, and the Mm. other, a lot of magazines started creating their own like exhibitions or events or day trips for their readers. Mm. And you could buy tickets or get tickets free for in all of these festival things you know yeah and that was a way to like generate money but also bring more excitement and interest to these magazines as well Mm. like for example we went to the stylist mag one and that was essentially an exhibition where you could listen to talks or watch talks um and there were lots of stalls and they were selling lots of different bits and bobs and there was food there that kind of fit in with the stylist lifestyle um which is very much like a like a middle class london centric kind of you know Mm -hmm. vibe um 
And so that's like another way, like magazines are cognizant of the fact that we're not buying them as much. And so they're having to diversify in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, like, we see this a lot, even like, you know, with podcasts, like Fern Cotton's got a podcast called Happy Place. Mm. And what comes from that is she also puts on these festivals and these events where she gets speakers to come in who maybe have already featured on it. Like, we we want these interactive things. And I actually think also, not that they are networking things, but I think we're a generation or we're the younger generation, they like to be seen doing things, you know, like it's an Instagrammable Ooh, moment, yeah. you know, like that people are always going to things that always like, you know, wanting to be seen doing stuff. And I don't mean that in like a really naive, superficial way. I think more that that is the way to kind of inspire younger people is they're maybe not going to sit at home and I don't know, sit and flick through Vogue. But if Vogue had an event, mm-hmm. they'd want to go to that with their friends. There'd be some Instagrammable spots. They'd learn some stuff, maybe buy some stuff. Like it's a fun thing. And I think, you know, like even the way that nightlife is going and restaurants, they're in, they have to be Instagrammable. And yeah. like as fickle as this all sounds, that social media is such a big driving force it's also unavoidable at this point. Like Mm. how many times do you see Generation Z literally like posing, like their pictures, if you go on like a Gen Z's Instagram, it is people posing, looking amazing, going out with their friends. Like that is just, it's full of just these really confident girls who like know how to pose better than I will ever know. Mm -hmm. Like they really know that life and the game of life is so media heavy yeah social media heavy yeah I think definitely I I think that print media is gonna become something like a collectible item Mm. it really is for the nostalgic um and those who want to buy into a more expensive less frequent more polished more curated magazine Mm. and then I think all of these like monthly magazines will just fall by the wayside to be honest and I mean people will sign up for those subscriptions as you said but I think in terms of print it's I think it is dying out I think it is so less relevant than it used to be um and yeah and it's a a real shame though because for me something I'm even still more of a physical book girl than a Kindle. Okay. So I wonder, and you know, we all thought the the invention of a Kindle would mean books are redundant. And actually, I, I think, think had phys- a revival. physical book sales had their highest year last year. Because yeah. Of, and I don't know if that was pandemic, but also like, I just prefer a, a physical book. Mm. I get that that saves paper with a Kindle and that is the way that the world will move at some point. They won't ever publish a book on paper. Mm. But for now, like, that is my preference. And Mm. I guess there'll be people like that with magazines. Um, But I don't know why. I think a magazine to me seems way less cherishable than a book. I think a book, you can read it again. Like, I would be way more inclined to keep every book I've ever read than every magazine I've ever bought. Because I think it's the frequency of the print. 
Yeah. Why it would might, I keep yeah, something that comes be. out every month? Yeah. Um, and and like with book covers, some of them are beautiful, so well designed, or so mm. funny and so thoughtful, and you keep it because aesthetically the book looks great as well. Mm. Um. As, as as I touched on before, I think for a lot of these magazines, a lot of the covers are generic. And then when you look at yeah. these fashion archival books, the reason why people love them is, again, because they look great on a coffee table. Mm. And they're bold and they're beautiful and they look expensive. And so I think that's why books are going to have their heyday, especially now when people are so more um, focused on how their the interiors of their house looks. Mm. I think that plays into it. I think that's why people are buying physical books, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think it's that's probably why. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. I wonder if, like, you know, I guess one thing that's kind of a big thing as well is that the Met Gala is obviously sorted by Anna Wintour. She hosts that. And that's a very big sort of event for, I mean, she it's representing Vogue essentially, you know, like it, Anna Winter is the face of it all. Mm. And that's like a big event, but like none of that is like involved in the print aspect of anything. So I wonder if it will mean that we see more events a bit like that, mm. where we see these live fashion moments, because like we were, we would literally, the morning after something like the Met Gala, we would be sat on our computers, literally going through all the looks, like discussing them. Yeah. And so I wonder if that sort of, we make, the world makes more moments like that or Vogue has like, because I know that's technically not to do with Vogue, that's to do with the Met, but it's obviously hosted by Vogue. Um, Well, Anna, who is Vogue. Um, But I wonder if we see sort of like the Vogue gala or like, you know, the Vanity Fair ball type thing. You know, it's the Vanity Fair Oscars party. Like, I wonder if that stuff will pop up more or be associated with more events because I just can't imagine how they're going to keep staying relevant. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I think things like that will pop up and it'll be nice to see more events for the general public to mm. be invited to go as opposed to things like the Met where it's just yeah. simply like the most successful people in media get to attend. Um, and also a- another point is that while people aren't buying magazines, I think that to advertise as we had a previous episode about to advertise in TV and TV series on Netflix and the Emily in Paris's of yeah. the world and things it's far more lucrative for someone to have product placement and something like that. So many more eyes right now, like, you know. Yeah, and it goes back to that, I guess, maybe, maybe not, that recurring image of something. So we would binge watch a series of seven episodes, and if I can see a Fendi baguette in, in every episode, and I can see the lifestyle and the world in which this character lives with fashion Mm. then it's far more impactful than me you're gonna start googling Fendi Baguette yeah and as opposed to just seeing it on a few spreads of a magazine and feeling like it's far more unattainable because it's in vogue I think that that's also another contributing factor to the the reason why print media is is downhill I think we've gotten so used to seeing fashion in context in real context we see online um 
people with hauls, people who are seemingly like normal with all this high fashion, expensive fashion. We see them just taking pictures of their outfits of the day. And we see our peers, as you mentioned, living that life. So, and magazine just simply does not provide that visual. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, and and as much as they try and do the whole everyday people in magazines, and actually there was a really beautiful Vogue like shoot where they um, had people from the pandemic. So I think they had like a post woman. They had loads of people who just had been like frontline sort of working. Throughout we spoke the about that, and yeah. that I think things like that are amazing, but they they're too much of a one off. Mm. And the important thing is I can scroll on Instagram, go on Netflix, whatever, and I can see someone who I can see myself in wearing these things. And I think, like, you know, I am i don't look like a supermodel. Mm. I'm, like, so I can't be, like, yeah, that's kind of me. Like, when you flick through those pages, it's sort of meant to be unattainable in Vogue. Mm. But, like you said, like an Emily in Paris or the bold type, these sorts of shows or a gossip girl and you see yourself and you're just like, you keep seeing it and you sort of then think, well, if they can wear it Mm. and actually like, she's got a similar body shape to me or like whatever it is, or like, I like her style. And actually that's exactly how I want to dress more. You can be so much more inspired. Like the amount I Google things Mm. (laughs) that I have seen is way higher than ever like you said it, it doesn't linger as long from a magazine you can be yeah. like that's nice but oh well yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have it yeah <laughs> yeah so what like what do you think is gonna happen to magazines in like the next five to ten years okay so I think we're gonna see a lot more events as we've mentioned um things and pop-ups that you can actually go to I think that we are going to see lots of other magazines come out and be like, oh, we're doing it differently. You know, this this new magazine that we're coming out with is not like the ones you've seen before when really they're pretty much all the, seemingly the same. Mm. Um, I think that we're going to continue to see magazines being dropped. Um, like oprah magazine o magazine is like said they're no longer going to be like printing every that one that one makes me laugh so much for like 20 years she has been the only one on the cover and i love it yeah it's so funny yeah i love it (laughs) anyway um and like i think uh you know ones like vice media no longer printing their garage magazine and things like we're gonna continue to see headlines like that where they're just ceasing publication Mm. I think that's just inevitable, to be honest. Um, And I also think more people will probably decide they want to buy into these archival fashion books or magazines, which are like special editions. Um, I think that that's what we're moving towards. And I think Gucci is going to continue to be like the it girl of high fashion and media I think they're gonna try to I, that's what's gonna happen what about you yeah I actually I actually think the archival the archival book I think 
almost like a one a year issue Mm. could be really interesting and then like and that's not to sort of say that oh half of the workforce of Vogue needs to be fired they can still create incredible online content and it could be the kind of a thing that you have to have like a monthly subscription to unlock more articles and that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. you know it's like bof that some some articles you can read but some like you have to be a like subscribe to get the articles and there are some that would be interesting enough to warrant that yeah um so yeah i think that that the online platform will become so much stronger Mm. um and that's i think where we would see sort of like more relevant articles and things like that and then what I would then want to see on that like the sort of Vogue annual um would be basically like like 100 pages of fashion shoots that would be like my dream of just like this year in summary or like some really high fashion like editorial stuff yeah maybe like behind the scenes imagery as well of these fashion yeah and like I just I just think yeah and like following yeah the like this shoot like on location how it gets set up you know like the looks being laid out and whatever I think would be really interesting um yeah I think that would be quite a nice way for it to go but that's so much harder for the likes of a Grazia and the smaller magazines where I don't think that sort of their readership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not here to solve solutions, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to talk about their problem. I'm just here to speak <laughs> dross, so. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good idea. I think that's uh, a yeah excellent idea for magazines moving forward other there's otherwise they just become redundant and boring and samesy to be honest in my opinion and Um, actually like I would buy that I would buy and have the Vogue annuals yeah I would buy that you would have like 10 for every decade (sighs) yeah that's a good one anyway is that everything (laughs) you're welcome Anna (laughs) is that everything you have to say because yeah I think I've just given my best idea out yeah yeah well thanks for listening guys it's been another episode of style over substance um we're gonna put a poll out what is our poll this week um a poll I was gonna maybe say what do you want to see from magazines in the future yeah and we also will put out a question to you guys we also want to know when was the last time you bought a magazine Mm, like i'd be so interested to hear the answers so yeah that's true keep your eyes peeled yeah (laughs) so um thanks again for listening guys we'll see you next week ciao bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.